Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influenced their careers. My guest today is Omid Zareh, managing partner and co-founder of Weinberg Zareh Malkin Price in New York. Omid and his firm are experts in business law and deal in a range of practice areas within commercial law, litigation, employment law, and corporate law and business transactions. On today's show, Omid tells us how the seemingly inconsequential decision to join the Ethics Committee would in fact uh, prove to have a profound impact on the opportunities offered to him and how it gave him a whole new perspective on his profession and the challenges his colleagues face. I'm a commercial litigator. I, I sort of grew up at large Manhattan law firms and I have a dozen cases I could talk to you about. Sometimes when I get in over my head and, and came out terrific, uh, sometimes when I, I went down so hard and so fast in flames, but I learned from it. Um, but I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit uh, about an opportunity that presented itself many years ago. I had just gotten out of Manhattan law firms and started my own firm. And uh, somebody suggested that the best way to you know, network was to join a committee at a, at a prestigious bar association. Mm-hmm. I joined at the time something called the ethics committee at a bar association. And, you know, it, it, it was not, and it's still today, I don't think it is a politically wanted position. It certainly wasn't something that, you know, people are like, what are you doing that for? It's just a bunch of attorneys who, who put out information. But that one move changed a great deal of the way I practice law the way I view other human beings, especially attorneys, and especially during COVID, it's really, uh, it's profoundly affected some of the work I do. Attorneys tend to think of themselves as their accomplishments. We do, right? You go to law school, I, ha- I you know, I, I graduated, I have uh, my bar certification. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things an ethics committee does is think of itself as how it serves other human beings and it serves lawyers. So um, a little bit more than a decade ago, I joined this ethics committee and basically it was an opportunity to volunteer to write, which most lawyers do far too much of anyway. But, you know, the, the, this ethics committee was presented with some very interesting and sometimes very perilous questions about what do I do when this happens? How do I, you know, and so we ended up writing, you know, two or three ethics opinions a year at that time on the committee or an article to help other lawyers learn how to practice law ethically with professionally. And that, that led to a number of avenues that I had not anticipated. The first was um, it led to me meeting a bunch of professionals that I would have not otherwise met, you know, like a retired judge who was running the committee or really intensely smart practitioners of an area of law that was all about ethics and, and professionalism. That led to an opportunity to do a couple of CLEs, which then led to other opportunities to do seminars and classes. And then again, I got to meet, you know, more professionals uh, and more prestigious folks, you know, partners at larger law firms and also to help people. We, after each one of these seminars, and, and back then it was pre-COVID, right? We'd actually meet in person. I'd shake hands with people. I'd give them out a car. Wow. Um, uh, younger lawyers were approaching us and asking us, how do I even get started? Mm. More, more senior lawyers were coming to us and asking us questions like, how do I sell my business? How do I retire? And in, in the middle, there was a whole line of questions about succession planning, how to plan for a law firm to move forward. So I was literally serving folks, but that also led to, um, people calling me for pro bono help. And before COVID, 
there's folks with problems. And certainly after COVID, there's folks with an extremist, I would say, right? I have a problem. I have an illness. I don't know how to handle this business. I don't know how to handle that inquiry. I have an alcohol problem. I have a gambling problem. And I, you know, my least favorite call, but, but, but I've received it all too often during COVID was there was no money coming in. I put it right back. Now, what do I do? And, you know, that's a very complicated question. And one of the best things I can do is get people to the right resources that they need, refer them to the right lawyer, refer them to the right defense lawyer. But at the end of the day, we're helping human beings. We're helping attorneys who are in trouble and other professions do it really well. You know, mm -hmm. doctors help doctors who are in trouble. Uh, uh, you know, law enforcement folks get law enforcement folks who, who need help. Lawyers are not so good at helping other lawyers get help. And, and so part of the mission was to get the right folks to where they need to be. And then the last part of it was, you know, by being what I'll call a, a better human being, <laughs> right, by, sell, by, by serving others and helping others, it actually led us to get a little bit more work in the firm. And it led to very other interesting cases, right? So if you're working with someone who's an attorney at another firm and they need to find someone who will handle a very critical matter, mm. surprisingly, I found that they saw that if we were referring matters, if I was handling something critical to a lawyer that was very sensitive, that dealt with their family or that dealt with their law firm, other lawyers would come and say, listen, you've done succession planning for the law firm. We've got a business divorce that's, that has nothing to do with law firms, but we'd like for you to, you know, we'd like you to consider taking it. And that was also surprising to me. Mm. Uh, you know, I didn't get into the, uh, I didn't volunteer for the ethics committee for the, the side hustle of getting work, <laughs> work out of it. Right. Um, but that was also, you know, uh, astounding to me. You know, I, for example, I appeared before a commercial division judge not because of the ethics committee, but I, uh, I have a feeling that my work on the ethics committee got me just a little bit more mm. um, respect because if, you know, if I'm going to stand up and tell the judge X, Y, Z, I've already given a lecture in front of that judge about how not, you know, if I don't do X, Y, Z the proper way, I'm in ethics uh, trouble. I'm in hot water. And so that also has been, it's been lovely to see that. Uh, and then just the last point of this during COVID I'm at home. Right. Like I'm not going into the I'm not going to the office, uh, at least not right now, perhaps in a couple of weeks. The last thing that sort of volunteering has gotten me is uh, we've been, you know, around the house. My kids are seeing what I do. Like they, they see that a lot of the work that we do is helping people in trouble. And that's also been remarkably good. You know, if, if my teenager sees me, you know, helping somebody and then, you know, not that they're going to overhear any of the confidential information, but like, you know, I'll get the occasional, hey, dad, how did that work out? Is that guy OK? Sure. You know, that, that woman who's, you know, how did that? And, and that's also like I want my kids to be asking the right ethical questions. Yeah, that's really even awesome. at a young age. I've got a ton of questions about that. My, I guess the first Please. one I want to start with is why do you think lawyers are bad for asking for help? So, so let's talk a little bit about being a lawyer and let's talk a little bit about our ridiculous personality, you know. It's a little bit self-selecting. Uh, there's actually a wonderful article. I, I hope I'm not going to uh, misquote the, the title. It's called Hurting Cats or something like that. Okay. And it's, it's a lot about, a lot of the articles that have been written about the personality of lawyers is, especially if you're somebody who's a litigator or you're somebody who's, who, who, you know, who's, who's on the front lines and a rainmaker at a law firm, it's all about self-confidence. It's all about the air of t bringing yourself forward. And that kind of thing doesn't necessarily lend itself to saying things like, I need help. 
Yeah. Typically it's, oh, I know what I'm doing. You should listen to me and hire me first. Second, if you're a law firm partner or a senior person at a law firm or you run your own firm, the whole point of the endeavor is for you to come up with something to be done and for everybody else in the room to say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Each of these things lends itself to not being able to ask for help, but actually saying, I don't need help. I got it. Right. Which is so not true, which is which if you're a human being can't be true all the time. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> then you add to that the following uh, facade of being a lawyer and our person, you know, being a lawyer statistically, from what I understand, means we're more defensive. We issue spot or, or right. It's either you're defensive and are always a naysayer or, as we like to say in law school, you issue spot. Um, we're, we're risk averse, or as we like to say in law school, you do your due diligence sure. and, you know, um, uh, we're, uh, you know, occasionally paranoid. We watch our backs a little bit more than most people. Um, and our personalities, uh, especially in certain places in the, in the law firm profession are not the gregarious jovial type, right? We're, we're, we're sort of, we're nerds or we're geeks or we're combative you know, all of this stuff is not about the emotional intelligence to admit that you have a problem to the, to the contrary. Sure. It's about, I don't have a problem. You have the problem, yeah, exactly. uh, uh, which, which is what a litigator does when you come out of the court, right? You know, I deny everything and, and here's some counter charges. Yep. So, so I think each of those things goes a little bit to, to lawyers as a profession, not being as good. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, finally there's a societal issue of, nobody really loves their lawyer. You know, there's a whole, there's a whole class of lawyer jokes about lawyers, you know, being the worst of society kind of thing. Mm. It's a little bit of, uh, you know, feeling that you need to, uh, no one's going to comfort a lawyer in trouble. Uh, you know, yeah. as a profession, I think we're hated. Well, I guess my final question, um, saying yes, as a business owner, as a lawyer, you know, you're very busy. This is, a, this is extracurricular for you, right? So, so yeah. tell me, how do you balance that? How do you manage that? And, you know, how, why did you take this on? And how have you kind of managed to balance it with, with running a firm? I mean, there's a lot of work there already, right? Any parent, anyone who's a serial entrepreneur, even a, a, somebody who's been in business for more than a decade has to learn to balance. I wish I was better at it, um, uh, quite frankly. There are days when I don't go for a walk or hit a treadmill. There are days when... Um, I don't do the things I want to do. And the to-do list increases at the end of the day rather than decreases at the end of the day, mm. which, which is always a fun position to be yeah. in. Um, but, but your question is one of balance. And so to the extent that I balance, um, there's a few things. Number one, you prioritize not just every day, but every hour sometimes. Second, one puts in the, in the emotional bank or in the, in, you know, in the relationship bank enough assets so that when it comes time uh, where you have to prioritize the people that you're asking to, to, you know, put on the B list, understand that this is somebody who's already put us on the A list several times. You know, this is a lawyer who's, who's turned on a dime for us before. And, and therefore with, you know, I can hit that relationship bank account a little bit right. and move them. So, you know, I guess the best way to say it, say it is, if you serve others when you can, the when it comes time to balance, you can you can draw upon that relationship a little bit and say, listen, you know, uh, I've got to do these things. And then finally, there's some things that I just won't give up on. Right. 
um, unless something is burning, uh, almost literally, I'll be having dinner with my kids and the family. Yep. And uh, uh, there have certainly been times when uh, in, a judge has, you know, we're scheduling trial or we're scheduling some kind of an event, right? And, and I'll have to turn to the judge and say, I'm sorry, I can't that day. I have a family commitment. Yep. Um, and, and I think that's also part of it is having those, it's not just about, yeah, yeah. You're having a hard boundary. Um, uh, again, it's priorities, right? So let's say you love bowling, right? Or let's say, you know, you're very into St. Patrick's day. Mm -hmm. You know, you can certainly say to, uh, to, to people, I can't that day. I've, I've, I've already got it on my priority list. I've already pre-scheduled this and, you know, I got to go bowling that day you know it's a bowling championship right. or you know uh you know the next day you know we've got we've have clients who 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 serve and sell and manufacture alcohol mm -hmm. and and you know there are definitely days when i know that i shouldn't be scheduling things because i know that that client is going to have an event and they're going to invite us to drink and i'm not going to be able to do my paperwork after drinking i'm going right. to Go home and, and pretend I'm not an old man and recover as quickly as I can. <laughs> I mean, really shone a light there on some of the hidden challenges lawyers face, which Joe Public doesn't always think about. And I think his advice on having those hard boundaries to take the time for yourself is crucial for newer and more experienced lawyers alike. A really big thank you to Amid for sharing his story with us today. If you want to find out more about him and Weiberg, Zara, Malkin, Price, you can find all the links in the show notes at thatonecase.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please do share it with someone you think would also find it interesting. All the details on how to do so are at thatonecase.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time as John Hyman tells us the story of That One Case. <laughs>